Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along. And if not, no problem. We'll try to put it all together for you. So let's get started. Hello, everyone. We're back in the book of John. We're going to be putting in at uh, chapter 4, verse 19. Uh, Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman at the well. He was asking her, as we saw last time, to give him a drink. And uh, she sort of challenges him, uh, like, you know, why are you talking to me? I'm a Samaritan and you're a Jew. And, And Jesus perks her curiosity a little bit and ends up telling her about all her five husbands and the person she's currently with is not her husband. And he tells her all these things that she had ever done and it blows her away. And here we jump in. The woman said to him, verse 19, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers were worshiped on this mountain, but you say in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you don't know. We worship what we know. For salvation is from the Jews, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. So he's letting her know it's not about the location. And worship is spiritual. He says God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So the woman said to him, I know uh, the Messiah is coming. He is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you. Am he? Isn't it interesting that he reveals himself like this to a Samaritan woman, a woman who is in adultery, a woman who's had a completely adulterous life, a woman who is pretty much unworthy from everyone. She has to go to the well in the middle of the day because um, she's rejected by every everyone else. So here he does. He reveals himself. Verse 20. 
Verse 27, just then the disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking to a woman, but no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking to her? Uh, so the woman left her water jar, went away into the town and said to the people, come and see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? So they went out of the town and were coming to him. So there's a whole bunch of excitement now. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So his disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? Again, they miss it. And Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months? Then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest already. The one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. So that sower and reaper may rejoice together. Christ is going to be the reaper. He's going to reap this harvest. For here the saying holds true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for which you did not labor. Others have labored and you have entered into their labor. So Christ is saying he's sending them to reap as well. What they didn't sow. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. And they said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. That's how people believe. They hear for themselves. And then they believe. They know because they can hear. After the two days, he departed for Galilee. For Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his own hometown. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast. For they too had gone to the feast. So they saw what he could do, like when he turned water into wine. Verse 46, So he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, where there was a official whose son was ill. And when this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went down and asked him to come down and heal his son. For he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you... See signs and wonders you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. And he was going down. His servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. And he asked them the hour. He began to get better. And they said to him, Yesterday, at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew. That was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he be himself believed and all of his household. And this was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. Tremendous saving. And we see faith in action. We see the woman at the well, her faith, and spreading the testimony herself. And Jesus is saying, look, harvest is ready. And already there's one who's reaping 
and one who's sowing and another reaps. And I send you to reap that which you didn't labor. Who did the labor? Well, the prophets labored, the people testifying who Jesus was. And now, you can reap the benefits. And we're seeing this in action in the Samaritan woman. Somebody who doesn't know Christ, a sinner, and now believes in him and is telling other people. That's harvest time right there. That is a picture of harvest time. And you don't need to worry about your stomach at harvest time. And this is why Jesus is telling his disciples about the harvest. This is exactly a picture of the woman at the well's faith. And then we have another instance of a man's son being healed. We see faith in action. So, we'll stop here. We'll put in tomorrow at verse 5. I mean, chapter 5. Tremendous examples of faith in action. So, from me to all of you, as always, God bless you. Keep your heart centered on Christ. I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing what you've got to say today. And as always, from me to all of you, God bless you. We'll see you next time. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from John chapter 4, beginning in verse 21, all the way through to verse 54. So we continue from where we left off with the interview the Lord Jesus Christ had with the woman at the well. So the Lord called attention to her sin. She had five husbands, but she didn't have any of them. And the man she was currently living with, she was living in sin, in adultery. So the Lord had actually asked for a drink of water from this woman. And, you know, he pointed out the fact that he would actually give her uh, the living water and she would no longer have to thirst. And she thought of it in a physical way. But the Lord actually went ahead and explained to her and he told her, that she needed to actually recognize her sin. That's why he pointed out her sin of adultery. So our Lord Jesus Christ insists that when we come to him, that we actually deal with the sin in our lives. And this woman wants to, you know, divert after that sin is pointed out. So she wants to open a religious argument. And so she changes the subject and wants to know the proper place of, of worship actually the proper place to worship god as many people today are you know they like so they're like this woman they want to argue religion but they actually don't want to live religion they don't want to live it so many churches they actually don't face up to sin so you have a lot of these people these members and they literally can wreck the church because they want to argue. They want to split hairs and argue out all these details when they don't want to, want to actually fess up to their own sin. So our teaching is beginning at verse 21 and it reads verse 21 of John chapter 4. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, 
the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. So the thing that was important to her is where they shall worship God. So where the Samaritans worshipped him or where the Jews worshipped him in Jerusalem. Because the Jews were saying, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ had to be worshipped in Jerusalem. But the Samaritans were saying otherwise. Scripture goes into read verse 22. You worship what you do not know and you know what you worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. Verse 24, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit. So the Lord was Jew, as the Samaritan woman has actually pointed out. So it's actually irrelevant where one worships God from. It's not where, but how do you worship the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's not about where you go and worship. You can kneel down anywhere and worship God. It's not about where. Like you have to go to like a ceremonial place and just worship him from there. No. So verse 25 goes on to read. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. So here, even the Samaritans were actually looking for the Messiah to come. Today, the second coming of Christ is believed by those who are his and they actually look forward for that blessed hope the coming of the lord jesus christ and those that are not his and yet church members they actually question and doubt his coming and it actually disturbs them you have you know even atheists non-believers it actually does really disturb them even if they don't believe verse 26 goes on to read and jesus said to her i who speak to you am him so this woman is brought face to face with the Messiah. This is like, you know, a wonderful picture. She's brought face to face with the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Verse 27 goes on to read, And at this point, his disciples came, and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, What do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman actually turned in faith. To the Lord Jesus Christ and the disciples were you know surprised that um, the Lord Jesus Christ was having a conversation an interview with this woman verse 28 goes on to read the woman then left her water pot went her way into the city and said to the men come see a man who told me all things that I ever did could this be the Christ then they went out of the city and came to him. So the men of the city came to see the Messiah because of this woman's witness. So the fact that she actually witnessed to others is the test of her faith. Verse 31 goes on to read. In the meantime, his disciples urged him saying, Rabbi, eat but he said to them i have food to eat of which you do not know therefore the disciples said to one another has anyone brought him anything to eat verse 34 jesus said to them my food is to do 
the will of him who sent me and to finish his work that's god so this is the reason he actually went through samaria because there were other routes shorter routes he would have used uh, so the reason was to actually do his father's will to reach to this woman to witness to her and she was going to be a great witness to the rest of her kinfolk verse 35 goes on to read do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest beyond behold i say to you lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are already white for harvest okay so this was actually december and harvest was in april verse 36 goes on to read and he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life but both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together for in this the saying is true one sows sows and the other reaps so in this age we are living in you know um the age that we're actually living in our business is actually to sow the word of god like this with this woman of samaria she bore witness to christ she went to sow and here is you know the gospel that we're sharing right now we've been sharing for the past like you know four years plus um and like dr jeff mcgee through radio though he may have left departed this earth a long time ago but his words still live on and he's still sowing and his ministry keeps growing scripture goes on to read verse 38 i sent you to reap that for which you have not labored others have labored and you have entered into their labors verse 39 goes on to read and many of the samaritans of the city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified he told me all that I ever did. So we find here that a great company was actually reached in Samaria through this woman with a shady past, which is quite interesting. You know, the Lord didn't use perfect people because no one's perfect. We are full of imperfection. The Lord always used, you know. The most likely person that one would actually expect verse 40 goes on to read so when the samaritans had come to him they urged him to stay with them and he stayed there two days and many more believed because of his own word then they said to the woman now we believe not because of what he said for we ourselves have heard him and we know that this is indeed the christ the savior of the world so they now come to the living water and they drink and the one condition was thirst and one can't know that you're thirsty until you actually accept you're a sinner so if we go and you know accepting our sins then you realize you're thirsty for the word of god then you realize you need how much you need god so many people are led to christ through the influence of another 
and it's the effect of life upon life the um the importance of one's personality upon another actually yeah the input of one's personality about uh one's personality upon another but our faith must also stand on sure ground than the other person so it shouldn't just be dependent you know your faith you be you and me being brought to 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 the saving knowledge of christ shouldn't just be dependent on another person some people have you know good parents god fearing parents and because of the influence of the good parents they come to christ and live in the light of that so but you know they have no personal contact with christ and later they actually stumble and fall when the influence of the parents is gone maybe the parents pass on and all so they actually tend to stumble so this is a great learning lesson to parents and for the parents you know when you have an influence on your children good influence about christ and all bring them to the saving knowledge of christ bring them closer to christ let them stand on their own let their uh, their faith stand on sure ground so it's nice to actually stand there as an influence to christ it's it's a very good thing to be an influence of christ on another person's life but one must ensure that they get through to christ the person gets through to christ so this incident that we're about to read from um and i'm going to read from verse 43 to verse 47 is like this example just given here and it follows through on that ground so scripture goes on to read verse 43 now after two days he departed from there and went to galilee for jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country so when he came to galilee the galileans received him having seen all the things he did in jerusalem and at the time and sorry and at the feast for they also had gone to the feast so jesus came again to cana of galilee where he made the wine the water wine and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at capernaum when he heard that jesus had come out of judea into galilee he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death so here we see the geographical movement of the lord jesus christ so he came um the lord jesus christ came from judea he went to galilee and then he went to cana he had actually also gone back to capernaum at a certain point so his movement is all headed towards jerusalem in the end that's where he was going to end up and um you know this father this um where he had gone the normal man he exercised faith on behalf of his son and it illustrates what we were actually just saying about um having an influence to christ on somebody to actually make sure you know that we have children who own you know who have their own personal contact with the lord jesus christ one has to be 
a witness to Christ to one's loved ones, yes, but also it's important to actually allow them to come to have a personal experience with Christ on their own. Scripture goes into verse 48. Then, the, then Jesus said to them, Unless you people see things and wonders, you will by no means believe. Verse 49, the nobleman said to him, Come, sir, down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son, go your way. Your son lives. So the man believed the words of Je the words that Jesus spoke to him, and he went away. He went his way. So here, this man actually is this man's faith that is actually responsible. But it's you know it's sad that he actually didn't bring the boy into the presence of Christ. So it was his influence and his faith. So this is what we're talking about. Always bring you know your loved ones into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ so that they have that sure faith, uh, that sure ground. They stand on that sure ground um, than, you know, just another person. So every one of us can actually reach somebody. That's the lesson we can pick out from this. We can actually reach somebody that our preachers or anybody else can't reach. So you, we have a calling. Because we are a generation of priests. Verse 51. Because to read. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. Then he inquired to, of them the hour when he got better. And they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same time, same hour, sorry, in which the Lord Jesus said to him, your son lives, and he himself believed, and his whole household. So, he actually claimed his whole household, this nobleman, he claims his whole household of Christ, and they have to you know, exert faith personally. Um, they actually have to exercise faith personally, but the important thing is that there is um, the important thing is that there is the influence of the man. Verse 54 goes on to read. This again is the second sign. Sign here meaning miracle. Jesus did when he came out of Gal Judea to Galilee. So, you know, Jesus uh, did his second miracle. The first one was of the wine. The water that he turned into wine. And this is the second one where he healed the son of the nobleman. So we see his movement here. You know, he moved from Judea and went into Galilee. And from there he went to Cana. And went to Capernaum and then went to Jerusalem. So this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you and have a pleasant Friday. Bye-bye.